Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. Right now, we're working our way through the book of Galatians. Again, it's just an absolutely incredible letter. It distills the gospel down and makes it very clear that our hope is in Jesus Christ. Because by grace, through faith in him, all of those things to which we can add alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, we stand justified before God. Because Christ has satisfied the wrath of God for our sins. Christ has died in our place. And by his blood, we are washed clean. We've made our way through the book of Galatians up to chapter 1, verse 13, where Paul is diving into this biographical section of his life that he uses to kind of set the, the, the boundary, set the, the, the base for his argument that he's not preaching merely man's doctrine. Let me pray for us. I'll read chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 11 through 17. We looked at 11 and 12 yesterday, but we'll reread those because they summarize his argument in this section. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the hope of the gospel. We thank you that it is not our works that you are looking for, for we have none to offer, but that you in your grace and in your mercy have given your son, Jesus Christ, who died in our place and is applied to us by the spirit who works faith in us. Give us wisdom by that same spirit that we might understand and believe and walk in the light of your word. We ask all of this in the name of Christ, our Savior. Amen. Paul writes, beginning in Galatians 1, verse 11, For I would have you know, brothers that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Now, as we deal with this section, what we're looking at is the reality of Paul's story. If you're not familiar with Paul's story, you can read about it in Acts chapter 9. It begins really back in chapter 8. And, and what we see at the beginning of chapter 8, we see the conclusion to Stephen's execution, to his stoning. And this is what it says. Chapter 8, verse 1 of the book of Acts. And Saul, that's what Paul was called before God gave him the name Paul. And Saul approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. 
Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him, but Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Then it tells the story of Simon and Philip, and then we get to chapter 9 and we read this. But Saul, again, this is Paul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, that's Christianity, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. This is the great apostle Paul. This was his life. So zealous, he says, for for the law. So zealous for Judaism. As he tells us in Galatians 1.13, I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism, he says, beyond many of my own age. I was so zealous for the tradition of my fathers, yet utterly lost. Martin Luther, in his commentary on Galatians, writes this way. We also are come at this day to the knowledge to grace by the selfsame merits. I crucified Christ daily in my monkish life and blasphemed God through my false faith, wherein I then lived continually. Outwardly, I was not as other men, extortioners, unjust, whoremongers, but I kept chastity, poverty, and obedience. Moreover, I was free from the cares of this present life. Notwithstanding, I fostered under this cloaked holiness and trust in my own righteousness, continual mistrust, doubtfulness, fear, hatred, and blasphemy against God. And this my righteousness was nothing but a filthy puddle and the very kingdom of the devil. For Satan loveth such saints and accounted them for his dear darlings who destroyed their own bodies and souls and deprived themselves of all the blessings of God's gifts. To conclude, such saints are the bond slaves of Satan and therefore are driven to speak, think, and do whatever he will. Although outwardly, they seem to excel all others in good works, in holiness, and strictness of life. That's the harsh reality of being zealous for the law. Is that outwardly we may appear to everyone around us to be righteous. We may appear to everyone around us to have it together, to, to understand righteousness, and even be walking in it. But in reality, we are far from God because we are far from resting in Christ. And it was at this point in Saul's life, in Paul's life, when he was so advancing, when he was persecuting the church, when he was demonstrating this glorious zeal for the law, it was at this point that he says the one who had set him apart before he was born the one who called him by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to him. (laughs) What grace is this that calls not a figurative murderer, but an actual murderer? 
and doesn't just call him that he might find salvation, that he might find forgiveness for for his sins, but calls him also to be a preacher, that he might announce this same grace that is found in Jesus Christ and in him alone, that he might announce this same hope of the gospel, Who else could know so well that no righteous works could earn any standing before God than the one who in the very pursuit of his zeal for the law was confronted by Jesus saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who else could better understand that his works, even if they were zealous for the law, would gain nothing than the one whom Christ confronted on that very point. The one to whom Christ revealed himself according to the will of the Father that grace might be shown, that this one, this murderous one, might be restored and might be sent out to preach this same gospel by which he was restored. This same gospel of grace in which you and I now looking to Christ now stand. Paul understood more than anyone that no law keeping, no perfection of life could gain standing before a holy God, but only the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, only the sacrificial work of the Lamb, only the victorious resurrection of our Savior, applied to us by the grace of the Spirit, only by that do we gain standing. And so Paul tells us again, having received this gospel from Christ, in order that he might preach it among the Gentiles, he didn't go consult with anyone in Jerusalem. Though we'll find later, they they do confirm his gospel. But that wasn't where he found it. That wasn't where he got this gospel. It was from Christ and him alone the very Christ that Paul now proclaims to us and that I proclaim to you. Might we learn, even as Paul did, to rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen.